0: This is Chris Roth here with Bushido Scroll with your weekly knock activism wrap-up. Today we're gonna to be going complete, almost completely off script because uh holy shit, what a week. Uh, but before we get too far into it, because we're gonna just do like a lot of like riffing and, and free on this. Um, and oh hell yeah, we've got somebody in the chat already saying hashtag Black Lives Matter. Fuck yes. But we we're here for that. Um before I ask you too much about how you're doing, Bushido, because that's basically what the bulk of this is going to be, let's do a quick update on yes. Project Roomkey uh, just for some little little sense of normalcy for folks. Uh, we, we still have uh, the same 44,214 unsheltered folks number to go by because the city doesn't track any of this shit in real time and neither does the county because uh, they don't fucking care. Uh, they also don't really have the, the, any of the infrastructure set up to do that. Yep. But regardless... We are now up to 3,510 rooms under contract. Uh, all 3,510 of those rooms are operational, so that means we've jumped by about 250 rooms from last week, and uh, we, we got them fully operational. Uh, however, we're at only 2,910 rooms occupied, which admittedly is almost 1,000 more than we had last week. But we're still not up to like 100%, which means that they're still falling short of helping as many people as they could be helping. But also, they only added 250 rooms in the past yeah. week. Like, what the fuck are they thinking they're going to do in terms of getting to that 15,000? That is going to take them a very, very long time. You know, If we've got 250 of them coming on each week, that's maybe 1,000 rooms in a month that we're looking at. And then that, <laughs> you've still got you know, 11 and a half months of waiting to get to the 15,000 number? Like, fuck. All right, well...
1: Yeah. No, well, it's 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 kind of... And we'll, we'll obviously talk about this uh, shortly, but it's interesting that Garcetti's like, I don't have the power to force hotels to house people who need shelter during a pandemic. But I do have the power to shut down the city <laughs> and call in the fucking army, Jesus. so... I don't know, like, he seems a little bit unsure of what he's able to do as mayor, but um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely touch on that one later, but this is, like, again, this is really fucking stupid, because we keep seeing over and over and over again these, like, blanket guidelines being a- applied to LA, you know, not just the curfew last night, but, like, throughout this entire pandemic and the the stay-at-home orders, uh, the folks that are unhoused are just being left out of that, and there are demands being made of them that they simply can't meet. And the way that the city is dealing with that is through more policing and more enforcement and punishing them for the fact that they can't do what they're not able to do because the city is not doing what it should be doing to allow them to do that. Like, it's so fucking stupid. I have no idea how much it costs to deploy the National Guard to Los Angeles, but I guarantee you it's more than it would cost to house every single Holy unhoused shit. person in the city of L.A. I guarantee Fucking tee that. That shit is expensive. Those Humvees burn a lot of gas. Those soldiers get extra pay. There are entire lines of, like, back rooms and command centers and command chains that are activated when this shit happens. Like, the military moving in is not just, like, make a phone call. It is a massive fucking operation. And we spend more money doing that bullshit every day than what it would take to feed the entire fucking world. God fucking damn it, Chris. Let's stay mad how many people in L.A. are dying of covid uh, well, before and, we get to uh, that, you that mentioned the National
0: Guard, so I wanted to share those pictures that you sent over from uh, from Ariel on Twitter.
1: Oh, yeah this is this is them in this is them on uh, in Echo this. Park. Uh, this is right by Teremia Coffee on Sunset. Uh, I yeah, several Humvees, another uh, looks like a troop transport type thing or like gear transport type truck. Yeah. You know, platoon of dudes just standing around at the Chevron with, uh, with the M-16s. fact that they're
0: staging at a fucking yeah, Chevron. Cool. And like, it's just the having a military presence at an oil facility <laughs> in Los Angeles. Well, where else are they going to send him, Chris? <laughs> like we we know how this works.
1: That Chevron isn't occupied. It's now liberated. We they bra- <laughs> they brought it more freedom. The the oil there is 150 percent more freedom <laughs> having than any other gas you're gonna get in the city of L.A. Oh
0: uh, Jesus Christ! Everything is horrible. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, shit is super fucked up. Uh, all right, we can we can cut it with these uh, photos of the National Guard because um, uh, <laughs> it as it as a no,
1: like we're gonna we're gonna. We're going to talk about yes, those later. Fair. I don't know. It, we'll talk about it then. But yeah, let's yeah. let's move on to the pandemic, the, the, the lighter part Jesus. of the news uh, for today. But yeah, uh, coronavirus uh, still fucking us up in yep. California, even though we can go celebrate the fact like we could now ostensibly have our memorials at bars and restaurants around L.A. So, you know, just keep that in mind when like your friend dies. You can be like, oh, well, now we can at least like get together and eat on an outdoor patio.
0: Yeah. So on that note, uh, as of 924 a.m. today, we are now up to one hundred and ten thousand and thirty eight fucking confirmed cases of coronavirus in the state of California. There's the graphic. Um, Yeah. You notice how that graphic like the line is going up. It's and still it's going, going up. up. Not, not, it's it's no. not flat, Chris. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck are they doing? Um, I mean, fortunately, fortunately, the, the, the seven-day average of deaths has declined. But, I mean, we we went up by 17,658 cases from the last time that we recorded. We're up to... We had 3,031 new cases yesterday in California, and we are now... Uh, we have now had 4,146 deaths in the state due to the virus. 57 of them came yesterday. Yeah. So the fact that our our daily death toll is not, like, massively expanding is great. Um, but the fact that the number of new cases, new confirmed cases, is continuing to spike uh, is one of those things that they, it just... Completely contradict everything that like Governor Newsom and Mayor Garcetti and yeah. all the rest of these fucking incompetent people are saying about how this system is going to be like, is going to be able to handle this process. Like I'm completely losing. Not that I had faith in them for a while now, but like completely losing my faith in this. Um, specifically in, uh, like when we're looking at the counties, of course, Los Angeles still leads the fucking way when it comes to all of this. But again, LA is like the, one of the biggest counties in the country. Um, actually it might, is it the biggest county in the country? I believe so. It make, it would make sense. I mean, we have a big,
1: I think population wise, I mean, we're either, we're either one or two. Like there's, there's not that many competitors in that realm.
0: we're huge uh so it makes sense that we have like a fuck ton of cases um but it's you know still we're we're still at a a massive number we're doubling uh the number of cases we've got every uh 24.2 k 24.2 days uh and we do have you know as of the time when they made this graphic which it's funny because it's uh what does it say 50 i can't read it because it's too tiny on here Uh, I think that that graphic was updated a little bit late Relative to the number of cases that they uh, were simultaneously reporting So when it looks at LA County We're at 55,746 cases uh, Confirmed cases of COVID-19 in LA Again, 934 this morning is the time of that stat Uh, 2,061 new cases yesterday in LA County Shit And yet we're, we're ready to open
1: yeah. Well, and, fucking and what? And also, you know, it's going to be really hard to track new cases now that Garcetti <laughs> has closed the testing centers because we apparently need to be punished like petulant children. So that's, you know, yeah. that's that's super exciting. And um, yeah, thank you, Mayor Boy. Thank you for, you know, in the yeah. middle of a fucking pandemic, taking away people's ability to get tested and seek appropriate care like.
0: Yeah, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, so this is 11,625 new cases since we last recorded. Uh, we're at, oh um, uh, shit, Two th- so is it, yeah, 2,339 deaths uh, in the county of Los Angeles total. Uh, we had 45 more yesterday. Um, more than 200 people have died in LA due to this virus uh, in the last week. Um, but yeah. Let's go ahead and reopen and get ready to go to those bars and and get uh everything rolling again because why the fuck not
1: ha yeah um <clears throat> it's interesting too because like there's no regulation on this it's all honor system it's all like the establishments and the restaurants and the bars they all are deciding what level of this they're going to enforce and uh, you know observe uh which is kind of scary right because we know that like restaurants are famous for never cutting corners um, and never attempting to get away with you know things that potentially put customers' lives in danger. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely good that like our food, <laughs> our Christ. food supply chain, like every year is getting more and more less secure. You know, um, I get it to make like a, a big stupid analogy, but you know I'm just gonna go there. You know the, the theory that Rome. Uh, fell because people really fell in love with like lead stuff and like especially lead jewelry and just gave themselves lead poisoning over decades or sorry over like generations yeah, yeah, yeah. to the point where like they couldn't run a functioning society and I don't know I mean mm-hmm. it seems like running a functioning society requires a stable and safe food chain um, especially for a population of this size and of this concentration so yeah these are all good developments Chris they all make me they all make me feel Jeez. real happy you know. Don't want I yeah, definitely don't so want to liberate in Nordstrom's.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I I think that we we've done enough on like these these statistics for the time being. Um, shit's been fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, so set
1: the stage for us yesterday. You and I okay. were uh, both at this rally at Pan Pacific Park, but just go ahead and like uh, yeah. let, let uh, fill us in on like up to when we left for the march.
0: Well, I mean, I think we should actually probably start even further back, like with Wednesday.
1: Okay, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, shit. God, no, it's. There's so much shit,
0: Chris. God, that was a fucking week, yo. Oh,
1: Jesus (laughs) Christ.
0: That was just four days ago. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, kick us off. All right. So, on Wednesday, when we were preparing to do the live show for Ground Game Live, uh, we actually had Baba Akili from Black Lives Matter scheduled as a guest, so we were paying attention to like what was going on. I had been on a call with folks from BLM earlier in the day, um, coordinating stuff around the People's Budget LA and all that jazz because uh, we still we're still watching Mayor Garcetti. Fuck you. We know what you're doing, and we are going to make you pay for this, you shitbag. Uh, that being said, uh, we had uh, we knew we knew that there was uh, basically Black Lives Matter had decided to re do their, um, like go back to doing the, the, uh, the, the holding the space in front of the hall of justice, uh, for families of victims of state violence as they had been doing this. Is, this is like a weekly rally that had been held a, a weekly moment of, of holding the space for these families in front of Jackie Lacey's office, demanding that Jackie Lacey do her fucking job or quit and prosecute killer cops you know saying the names of the of the victims of uh LAPD and of LA Sheriff's Department uh this is a thing that we we you know we had had to move away from a physical presence because of COVID-19 um and everyone had been getting to the point where we were uh doing these as as a digital uh situation and it was you know that had become the new normal but then uh in the light of George Floyd being brutally murdered by a fucking cop, uh, this week. But, and also I, you know, it's
1: not just the murder of George Floyd. Like I do want to, I do want to, you know, kind of caveat this and be like his, his death is not unique, which is, you know, fucked up and something I'm not going to like comment on right now. But a lot of what's driving this is the feedback loop of people seeing others demonstrating and protesting and rising up. And them being met with repression and oppression that we can't accept, and that's yep. what's really unique about this. In other times, like when we've seen Ferguson, when we've seen other uprisings, what we haven't seen is this exponential drive toward for for other people in their own local communities to get involved with the same level of intensity. And that's that's one thing that's kind of uh, crazy about how quickly this has spread. Um, To the point where it sounds like other countries are also seeing some civil disobedience rising up in solidarity with this. Because, you know, what happens in the U.S.? Like, we're a small part of the world's population when it comes down to it. And it's really fucked up how the global north is sort of the center of, like, our discourse and our world history and the languages we speak and all of that. But that being said... What happens in the U.S. when a city like Minneapolis burns, when a city like New York burns, when a city like Los Angeles burns, that's something the rest of the world sees and feels on a different level. Like, our cultural hegemony is a weird thing that we see across the globe, but it also means mm-hmm. that what we do here reverberates larger than what we what other countries can do sometimes. And like that's one reason we have to keep the pressure up is the people in other countries, the people in other regions, the people in other parts of the world that are thinking about how they want to unfuck this world as well need to see us yeah. taking that lead because ultimately yeah. we're the institution that's fucking them over. Like we're the folks that yeah. need to get out of the way. So like with that in mind, like helping us get the fuck out of the way is like an ethical obligation.
0: Yeah, for sure. So on Wednesday, uh, as things started picking up, they 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 had so many people turning out in response to this and in response to what was, you know, the, the as you said, the police use of force in Minneapolis in response to people that were out protesting it drove this desire of people to actually get out and take the streets here in Los Angeles. They had a ton of people turn out way more than they expected. They ended up, uh, having a, a, an impromptu March where they then went and, uh, basically they seized the, the freeway. They yeah. shut down the one hundred one freeway. And that was when we saw a CHP cruiser plow through the fucking crowd because they approached the crowd, drove up to the people. And then when people like stood in front of the cop car and were blocking him, he then started rolling forward, at which point people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop doing this and start slapping yeah. the car. And then he's like, oh, shit, my life is under threat, slams on the gas and just starts rolling forward, accelerating forward into people's bodies. And that's when we had a protester sitting on the hood trying to get out of the way. And that was that was his response to being attacked with a fucking vehicle. Yeah and then getting thrown to the side of the of the road and, and having his face all smashed up.
1: Well, and he, like, the, that was the thing, it was like the guy was on the hood and then he wanted to get off as the police officer accelerated, which makes a lot of do? sense. But like the cop yeah. didn't slow down to let him off. The cop could have stopped and let him get off the hood. Like it, yeah, he would, it would have been fine, thanks. but instead he like put that kid's life at risk. And then uh, we are fortunate that like folks that have training in this sort of stuff were present. Like folks yes. that we know and work with were there to render aid. And ultimately yeah. it sounds like the kid is like physically going to be okay. He's apparently been slapped with charges. Like he was arrested at the hospital, um, the, the mm. day after. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean, obviously not taken to jail cause they're not really taking anyone to jail right now, but you know, presented with his criminal charges and he'll have to answer for yeah. those in court. The CHP officer will never have to answer for what they did.
0: No. We actually saw the response. Um, we we had one of our allies uh, sent a a complaint, a, a complaint of um, you know officer action uh, to CHP and got an answer. And the the complaint was about uh, you know what the fuck are they doing with with vehicular assault on on this protester? And basically, the CHP was like, nope. Yeah, uh, the officer was uh, the, his life was under threat. Uh, after they 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 fucking say, despite the fact that the fucking video shows it, they say that the the uh, skateboard was thrown through the back windshield of the cruiser before the cruiser accelerated. No,
1: you can literally yeah. you can see the cru- the cruiser. Like that's the thing is, one of the clips that's being shared around only shows the cruiser in the crowd. It doesn't show how the cruiser got there, and it's caught. It's cut in such a way that watching it you assume that the crowd surrounded the cruiser. When, in fact, the crowd was stationary on the freeway, the cruiser approached them from behind and kept accelerating yeah. into them as they parted to, like, get out of its way. And people banged on the windows and stuff because you're driving a car into a crowd. Like, yeah. the folks you're driving into are going to try and stop you from doing that. And especially in this case, yeah. because, like... I. I Hey, I don't know why the the police officer had to get onto the other side of that crowd so absolutely mm. like immediately at that point like their officers there no coming from reason. the other side they they can shut down the freeway without that one guy. Like there was no reason for it except that he was being aggressive and that the protesters were seen as simply a target and something I feel yeah. like again I I this is again the police are the the police escalate this. Like mm-hmm. people got riled up when they drove a car into a crowd. And of course you're going to get a skateboard through the back windshield there. The rest of the drivers yeah. on the freeway, like stopped, like their cars weren't getting fucked up. They were just sitting there. No. They were just waiting. The protesters were going to make their point and then leave. Eventually, you know, they weren't going yeah. to cause property damage or harm anyone. Until CHP made it like a life or death situation. And when police introduce that force into a crowd, a different set of dynamics take over and people become much more ready to like react and the the lizard part of their brain that's fight or flight gets activated. And those urges are really, really strong and really like, and made in the moment. You know, there's not a lot of thinking that goes into that. So like, and I I feel like the police know that. I feel like that's why these are, are some of the tactics that they employ.
0: Honestly, I feel like it's part of the reason why a lot of them join up in the fucking first place. But that so anyway, Wednesday—that's what went down. Shit got fucking crazy. Eventually, everybody got off of the freeway. They uh, they rolled out like the cavalry, like nobody's business. Seeing yeah. some of those videos of uh, all, of just like tr- 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 fucking troop transports full of LAPD officers and marching out there in their riot gear, like. The number of people that came out, there were easily like hundreds of cops for what at that point was like 50 protesters. Yeah. And so like the LAPD sets the tone for this. LAPD escalates. CHP escalates. All of these law enforcement agencies start getting together. They freak out. They don't know what to do. They then all they know how to do is escalate. They don't have any fucking comprehension of de-escalation. And so they get out there and they do this. People eventually start going home. They're just like milling around on Wednesday night. Uh, and nothing, nothing too serious happened after the, uh, the CHP incident on Wednesday, fortunately. Um, and then on, wait, was that, that was all on Wednesday. So then Thursday night shit started going off Friday night shit started going off even more. Like we had, there was mass protests in, uh, downtown on Friday night uh, where we had uh, you know the, the impromptu uh, protest that started up on so like, Thursday it was just like little running skirmishes around and about and nothing too big. Uh, there was like video from some people in downtown of uh, like seven or eight cruisers in a row screaming down the street after some folks had uh, run around and had smashed up some windows in front of a Starbucks. nothing major uh, other than that. And then on Friday night, things like severely escalated and we had crowds that were uh, seizing the freeways again. We had the 110 got shut down both directions. People were taking over all of that. Uh, There was a massive crowd that ended up working its way back up towards City Hall. Um, And once they were at City Hall, then they ended up marching down Spring Street. And once they got pushed down Spring Street and the cops were literally like one of our uh, one of our uh, journalists from Knock, uh, John Motter, was there trying to film the action and, and, and record it. Yeah. And he was holding up his uh, the his Nikon and or his uh, his Canon DSLR. And as he was taking pictures with the camera in his hands, he got fucking smashed across the, the arm by a baton. And, like, has no, some got, pretty he got, significant welts.
1: No, he got hit with a rubber bullet there.
0: Oh, he did? Yeah, oh, so shit. that
1: was, he, yeah, he was telling, was he was telling me, no, that, he was standing there taking photos, and the cops targeted him, and they shot at him three times, and like, the first two, like, hit Jesus. the ground and ricocheted away, but the third one caught him in the arm there, so he had to, like, take shots with his left hand all night, which is kind of hard on most DSLRs, they're, they're not generally yeah. designed for lefties, uh, no, so, yeah, and then, uh, Ashley caught a baton to the head. Uh, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. When, when the cops uh, set up a skirmish line, their tactic is to clear the area, and that means just swinging mm. a baton at, like, anyone. Um, and I'll talk about what that looked like for me yesterday uh, when we get to, to yesterday. But, yeah, the, the action uh, that was Thursday night was pretty – That
0: is ha- was, wasn't that Friday night?
1: Oh, it was Friday, yeah, night. Was, You're was right. Friday You're right. night. You're right. Right, It yeah. was Friday night. Thursday night
0: yeah. was our, our ground game yeah. meeting. It was actually relatively tame. No, but the Friday
1: um, the Friday night action was pretty spontaneous and uncoordinated. I don't think we actually know who planned it or called for it to get together. But, um, you know, the Wednesday action came out of a, a Black Lives Matter vigil, like we were saying. The Friday action was a bit of a mystery, but it grew very quickly. Like yeah, when people saw it happening, it they moved in. And at one point, LAPD had said that they uh, shut down access to downtown, Uh, but it doesn't sound like that was completely true. Uh, (laughs) people were driving around, people were still able to get in and get out. Um, the trains were not letting people off at certain stops, like Pershing Square, 7th and Metro. So you had to go outside of like the actual protest zone to be able to make your way into that part of downtown.
0: It just meant having to walk further. Um, But that that was the day that had uh, the protesters that got um, that initially started over on Grand um, on the backside of the Biltmore. And then they ended up getting pushed down uh, fifth over to Pershing Square. And that was when we saw some uh, one of the cops uh, had his red mist descend upon him. And he decided to start uh, trying to rough up folks in the crowd. And it got surrounded and started getting the shit beaten out of him.
1: That was a weird scene because, like, the cops tried to snatch just one protester. But the they didn't do it in the right way. Like, that one yep. cop is not supposed to chase someone out into a crowd. Um, and he did it anyways. Like, he was so gung-ho that he found himself, out like, way off the line and literally surrounded by protesters who were able to stop the arrest and de-arrest the, the person that was being uh, detained. Uh, and then the, the cop tried to charge back in and keep fighting, and an undercover clearly came out to grab him and take him back and walk him back to the police line um, because that's, like... That's the thing with the cops is, you know, they're working on a perimeter basis. So they want to stay within their own safety zone. And that generally includes, you know, maybe six feet out, like as far as you can step and grab someone is about as far away from the line as they want to get. So, like, one of the things to do is just not be within that distance to stay away from them because they generally don't like charging out by themselves. Um, That's that's a dangerous proposition for them.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that that undercover pulling him back in and then like being behind the police lines, it's like, oh, yeah, no, that yeah. guy's definitely undercover. Well, I think but at anyway. that point,
1: I think at that point, he just had to give up the idea that he was going to keep being undercover because like yes. he like he had to rescue his idiot friend.
0: <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, yeah, shit got wild. Uh, the Starbucks at sixth at, at and spring uh, just got absolutely destroyed. Uh, Buzz Wine and Liquor, uh, also got, uh, smashed up a good bit that, which by the way, the owner of Buzz Wine and Liquor is an asshole. Uh, he reopened the store the same day that an employee hung himself in the back room. Oh my Jesus. Um, yeah. So an employee committed suicide at Buzz Wine and Liquor. And then later that same day, the owner decided to reopen because can't stop that business. Apparently, he's also abusive.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, like, bag. just imagine looking at your traumatized staff and being like, "Oh, uh, go back to work now!"
0: Like, get back to work. What? Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that that pretty well brings us to um, yesterday.
1: Yeah, and I mean, this <laughs> is also like the the background to all of this is uh, the hundreds of actions were happening across the U.S each of them escalating, uh, obviously Minneapolis being sort of the, the focal point of this, but that quickly like growing to other cities. So yesterday we saw actions throughout Cal- like across California, across the U S. Yes. Um, it was, uh, it was fucking a man. That was only, that was Wednesday. I still cannot get over that. It has been such yeah. a long year since yesterday.
0: It's insane. Absolutely insane. So, uh, the protest started extremely peacefully and I wish I had some, um, some shots from that. I, I was just pulling stuff off the LA times. Yeah. Uh, which, no, I mean, I have way, some,
1: yeah, I have some, like some photos of that demonstration. Um, and it was, you know, we, it, it just looked like any other demonstration.
0: Yeah. The, the, the overhead, uh, shots from the helicopters of, uh, the protest gathering at Pan Pacific park, was was phenomenal. It was just like a sea of people. And it was really kind of fun because, uh, like people were much better at social distancing the further they were from the stage. Um, but yeah. as people got closer to the stage, they got less good at social distancing. Uh, and they were able to like, but there was this just spectacular shot, um, of, of the crowds gathering. And, uh, it was uh, truly inspirational to hear Molina, uh, getting to be heard in front of all those people and, you know, having, uh, complete control of what that situation was. Uh, Pastor Q was there. Uh, we had Patrice Colors was there. Uh, Kendrick from uh, Build Power was there. Like all these people were there speaking uh, to this crowd, and uh, there was lots of chanting of "fuck the police," uh, "defund the police," "prosecute killer cops." Uh, honestly, it was amazing to be there.
1: I mean, I and I. I, I... I heard an estimate that, uh, the crowd size was about 15,000. Um, I haven't seen wow. that confirmed, but that's, that's what I heard for like the, the peak attendance, which it was, there were a lot of people there. Like it was huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tom Bolino had a, a, a great shot on uh, Twitter of the crowd. Cause he was out running, um, uh, traffic control out in front on a bike. And the, the, the image of pastor Q and Molina at the front, of this just sea of humanity behind them was truly inspirational. It was, it was amazing. And so everything was extremely peaceful. And then, um, and then the cops turned things to shit. But before, before all of that went down for me, it was, it was, uh, this was like, I, I, I told you this in, in a text earlier, like this for me yesterday was really a, a turning point because, um, as we've discussed in the past, like I started my, my professional career after college, uh, going off to SpaceX and I worked there for eight years. Uh, I even, I still have a fucking, I've got a fucking model of a rocket right over there. right just at the edge of the frame. Yeah. And for me, like these, these launches that SpaceX has been doing, uh, have been just like a thing that used to mean the absolute fucking world to me. And like my entire day would revolve around the, whatever the launch was like the day that we had the first rocket, like, touch back down on the ground uh, versus landing on the barge out in the in the ocean. Sorry, the drone ship, as Elon likes to call it. Also, fuck you, Elon. The <laughs> drone um, ship. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't want to go into that. Um, but the uh, the, the, first, the first time that it landed on the ground, like I went out and partied with my friends, and it was this huge celebratory thing. And it was still so close to home, but that was like only a week or two after I had stopped working at SpaceX. And then from there, it's been like a de-escalating thing. But yesterday, like I was in Pan Pacific park and my attention was just totally wrapped with what was going on around me. I just totally forgot that SpaceX launched astronauts to the fucking space station yesterday. Like the only reason why I was like brought back to that reality was a friend of mine was like, Hey, congrats on the launch. And I was like, Oh wait, Oh shit. That was today. That was, yeah, that happened. Cool. Yeah. Like that was my life before and I was so happy to be where I was and doing what I was doing in that crowd of people chanting about defunding the cops and about prosecuting killer cops and abolishing the police. That means so much more to me and I was so happy to be there versus just hanging out with my my, my old friends from SpaceX and you know uh, raising a glass and quarantine to a fucking rocket going off, which yep. is cool. And it's fun, and it's amazing that I was able to be a part of that. But at the same time, like shit is, whew, shit is very uh, fucked up. Yeah. And I'm very happy to be in this fight here now. So, anyway, we um, we marched out. The crowd uh, was huge, as you said, up to like fifteen thousand or so. And it was. We ended up getting split off at some point because we basically well, so were we, marching we either... down third.
1: Yeah, and that was just the route, was just heading directly west on 3rd. Um, so okay. I was, we were in like the front-ish half of the crowd, so we made our way all the way to La Cienega, uh, and then we doubled back, um, tried to get to Fairfax, because some people stopped there and there were speeches happening, and like part of the, the march decided to take that intersection. Uh, yeah. And then the rest of us were sort of stopped at La Cienega, and then folks kind of trickled back to the the Fairfax intersection, Um, because we couldn't really make our way back east. But then I guess after that, another group of people, or sorry, couldn't make our way back west, but then another group of people uh, headed off west and walked all the way to Rodeo, which isn't that far from there, but that's still like, that's a decent mile or so walk from the the Fairfax intersection.
0: What apparently happened at 3rd and La Cienega was there was a cop, or not a cop, but there was a, um, somebody tried to drive their car into the protest. Oh, shit. And like, somebody was like not having any of it and wanted to like force their way through. Nobody got hurt. Um, but the crowd, uh, dealt with the driver in a very meaningful way. Um, actually I'm not sure. That, so I heard were, that nobody got hurt.
1: Well, hold on. So I think you might have this mixed up with another incident.
0: No, it, no, there's there th- were two. that
1: happened twice. Okay,
0: cool. Yes. Cause I was
1: there for another one. I just wanted to make sure.
0: Yeah. I was there for the second one too. Uh, and that one was horrific. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, but the one, the one that happened at third and La Cienega, uh, that was why there was the, the ambulance that came through the crowd. Like everyone parted, which was amazing to see. Like everyone, we would shout on a megaphone, like, Hey, ambulance coming through. And then everybody just parts and spread to the yeah. sides of the street. And then as soon as the ambulance was through right back into the middle of the street. Um, and there, there, there so there was something, some kind of a conflict had happened at third and La Cienega. Uh, people weren't, the protest stopped for a while. Mm-hmm. It sat down. Uh, we ended up, uh, you know, refueling, grabbing a, grabbing a granola bar and chugging some water and then moved on and then worked our way north up on La Cienega and then started working our way over on Beverly to Fairfax. Didn't make it. Got stopped short, uh, before we were able to make it back to Fairfax. And then, um uh, uh, now Hannah, no, uh, Hannah, we were, we, this, I don't actually know what color that car was. so the the uh, the one so basically, we had gotten split up. People were doing their speeches. We were stopped on our way back toward the park uh, marching on Beverly, had to go back over to La Go then go south on La Cienega. and we actually passed there and got all the way down to Robertson. And that was where a bunch of folks diverted up on Robertson and headed over to Rodeo. Um we actually stopped like Sunrise and People City Council uh, that I was with. Uh, didn't, didn't get into like, basically we stopped, realized that shit was going down at third and Fairfax and that there was a confrontation and skirmish lines and that, uh, some of the leaders from build power and potentially BLM were in need of backup. And so we stopped as much of the protest as we could and grabbed like three, three or 400 people and came back. Uh, to Fairfax, and then that was where we. Uh, I think that was like basically within a block of where this shot was taken by uh, the LA Times photojournalist. Well, I mean um, um,
1: that that shot is from Beverly and Fairfax, I think. Oh, it was yeah. That's the yeah. That's by the gas station, I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's uh, Beverly and Fairfax. So that's up the street. That was later on in the day okay, when that yeah, shot yeah. came. Uh, but yeah, so we were. So while y'all were over on the Fairfax side, we got stuck mm-hmm. at uh, Edinburgh or Edinburgh. I don't know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Edinburgh. Uh, but so we were stuck there because um, we kind of like got to the backside of where stuff was going down on Fairfax and decided to uh, post up with our kits and everything because uh, we were there as a medic team. I decided to post up with our kits and like our supply wagon, and uh, then the cops showed up for a skirmish line. And uh, when I saw them like rolling in heavy, uh, I told my team like, "Hey, time to gear up." So we put on our N95s, goggles, like started uh, prepping all of our stuff that we'd need to like treat any kind of like uh, chemical weapons. Uh, And then we just sort of like hung out there in the alcove of uh, a business, you know, like the little recess part with the door to get inside. And the cops came and they cleared a big space. There was one guy, there was a dude walking with a cane and LAPD just beat the shit out of him because he couldn't walk fast enough. And they just kept, like, beating this dude. He had to be probably, he was probably in his 60s, maybe his 70s. But, like, he was doing what they were asking. He just couldn't do it fast enough. So they beat the shit out of him. Uh, but they didn't notice us there. And then, like, a cop came by and was like, hey, you should go around the corner. And we are like, okay. And then we didn't move because he stopped paying attention to us. Uh, but then another cop saw us was like, hey, you need to go around the corner. And we were like, oh, okay. Uh, and things at that intersection got really, like, escalated with the cops firing rubber bullets at people and pointing their gun at people for a very long time. The crowd wasn't being all that aggressive. They weren't happy that LAPD had uh, kind of cut us in two and had us separated from the rest of the March. Uh, Some cruisers around there did get vandalized and did get like hit with stuff as people were cut off the first time. And as that first like skirmish line over on Fairfax was set up. Um, And so these cops, I guess were kind of trying to protect the vehicles that were parked there, but also like, they just parked a dozen cruisers without anyone guarding them on the march route. Like an LAPD has a habit of doing that. Like they continuously leave their own gear unguarded and it gets fucked up in a lot of ways, which kind of makes a lot of sense. Uh, but anyway, so after a while we ended up over at the Trader Joe's, like we went around the back of the alley. Uh, there was one car fire started a little bit North of us. Um, I treated some folks that like got shot with rubber bullets, which again, like will fuck you up really bad. like, Uh, One of my medics treated somebody who got shot in the face and has lost uh, some use of her left eye permanently. Uh, There was a woman we saw towards the end who got shot in the face with a rubber bullet um, right in the mouth, essentially like the nose and down to the the top part of the teeth. Uh, I treated a guy who had uh, sprained most likely this... Well, sorry, sorry. This uh, this joint here, when he got hit with a rubber bullet, um, was also Jeez. bleeding like pretty bad because it is going to rip the skin. Uh, treated a guy who got shot in the hands because, like, at one point, uh, this like young black guy was getting uh, the non-lethal gun, like like the green shotgun-looking thing, pointed at him, and this like white guy just like jumped in front and you know told the cop like you're gonna shoot me first, and then the cop did. Like the cop shot him like three times. Um, and one of them caught him on the hand and basically like broke his finger, fucked up his thumb a bunch. So I just like splinted his finger and like told him to keep it straight and get to the next level of care as quickly as he could. Um, and yeah, it, it, from there things did not get better. And I do want to say like at this point in the day, we're talking that it's like two 3 PM. The March started like the, the, um, The rally at the park started at 12, and then the march started around 1, and then it took us about an hour to make our way to La Cienega and then sort of back to this area. And that's when the cops really began escalating. And now at this point, no looting had occurred. Like, no looting had occurred. There were really no windows broken. Like, there was one bus that got really tagged up, but honestly, the driver of the bus, like, got out, was filming the march when we walked by. Like, he looked at his bus getting spray painted, he's like, yep, I'm out of service for today. I'm gonna take it. So he just, like, got out of the bus, and I, I assume at one point, just like walked away and got himself home. Uh, He was never under threat. And the bus wasn't even that fucked up. Like, it was tagged, but no windows were broken, no tires were popped. Um, There was a lot of... And people
0: stood up on top of it and used it as, like... Uh, a a demonstration. You can actually, but there's a a video that we're going to play in a minute and you can actually see that. But there
1: was a lot of tagging going on, but there was nothing being broken. And it wasn't until the cops started kettling people and attacking people with like non-lethal force. that things started getting broken. So like a window at Trader Joe's got broken and no one looted it. Like nobody, nobody really cared. Uh, the Grove was completely untouched for like the the, 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 the majority of the day. Um, the, uh, the other incident we'll talk about that other car so like around i want to say three or three thirty when we were standing at yeah. uh, fairfax and third um the a couple of cars pulled up at one point there was a, a rolls royce there with the driver had like his hood pulled like real tight around his face and was like clearly trying to keep a low profile but seeing what was going on and just kind of checking it out and as he kind of tried to make his way through the intersection he was like slow rolling, like like stopping for minutes at a time and then rolling forward a little bit and then stopping yep. for minutes at a time. Anyways, when he got to the intersection and people were like sort of letting him through because he was like, hey, can I... And he was being nice about it, you know. He wasn't trying to get through. He was just sort of seeing the action and figured at some point he would get forced across cross the intersection or like turn around, whatever. Um, but people came up and like, you know, started looking at him and figured, oh, this is somebody famous because he's in a Rolls Royce and it was Ray J. Uh, so... Cool, Uh, But then uh, after he left, shortly after he left, this Dodge Charger pulled up really aggressively and decided it was not going to wait and like revved its engine and uh, squealed its tires as it pulled out. Unfortunately, it didn't hit anyone directly, made a right turn to get down Third Street, driving directly through the crowd and into the line of officers. Uh, People got out of the way. A couple of folks were injured. Um, it mainly it, one woman like fell and hurt her knee. Uh, another woman had an abrasion on her belly from being like clipped by the car's uh, rearview mirror, I believe. Um, and the crowd like chased after it, and then the police let yep. the car through and closed their line, and then they arrested the driver. Um, because oh, that's good, they had a they had to do that, and be like, I mean, he just tried to kill people. Yeah, that was scary as fuck. Um, like, I like, here's the thing. Uh, Like when you're doing like medic shit and being out there in like that kind of capacity or role, like you want it to be a really boring day. Like you don't want it to be a day like yesterday, because like a lot of people got hurt very unnecessarily. Like for like there was it was just absolutely terrible decision making by the people who were supposed to be keeping order. Like the crowd was fine. The crowd would have gone home. There was things could have been handled in a way that did not result in mass casualties. And instead, here we are. And like, yep. it was uh, just being on the ground, like it felt like a war zone to an extent and you didn't move farther than maybe a half block at a time. Like you would you would be in one place for 30 minutes to an hour because you really couldn't move and you also didn't want to move because you didn't know what was going to, to happen and if your help would be needed. Um, it, after that car drove through there, the police kind of, really began escalating stuff and started pushing people, uh, up, uh, uh Beverly, uh, not up Beverly, up Fairfax towards Beverly. Um, and up there there was a police SUV, uh, that had, that was again parked by itself and left unguarded, uh, that was lit on fire. Uh, and then the, the ammunition rounds in the vehicle started cooking off and exploding. Uh, yep. there were two or three cop cars there, like in total, Um, no, no, there, there was another squad car there that was also, I think at one point had been lit on fire and was out and people were using it for photos and stuff. And the crowd was just kind of milling around holding the intersection. There wasn't that much going on. And then LAPD rolled in super hard after the fire truck showed up to put out the SUV, Um, and that's where like, I ended up getting kettled and had a really fucking weird experience. So, uh, we kind of like were there waiting and I could see us getting blocked in on either side and I was like, okay, we don't really have anywhere to go, but also we're here to like help people if they're injured. So this is where we should be. And a guy who had been part of the protest or had been part of the action down towards the intersection had disappeared around the corner and then come, come back. He was trying to find a way out and got shot by, uh, got shot by a non lethal round in the hand. And he was the guy whose like thumb joint was broken. And so we treated him. And as I'm treating him, I'm just watching this line of cops block us in on this side and a line of cops block us in on that side. And I was just like, okay, uh, I'm going to treat this guy and then we're fucked. And so like I treated him and I just kind of like put my hands up and put down my bag. It was like, turned to the nearest cop and said, can we get out? And the cop was like, yeah, you can go around up that alley. You can go up that alley. So we're like, all right, fuck it. We go up the alley. As we're going up there, there's about uh, probably a dozen to 16 people in our group. And as we get up the alley, there's an intersection. And a squad of LAPD guys just busts out of there and cuts our group in two. And everyone on the other side of the line, on the southern side of that line... Was detained by LAPD. Uh, That also happened to be the the majority of black people who were running in our group with us. Um, None of the white people seemed to have gotten uh, held up in any significant way. Um, It got really, really hairy there. Uh, These were really young, like LAPD officers. Like they looked fresh out of the academy. One of them, like his helmet was too big and he had it on crooked. And they, like, yeah, they did not. They were not prepared to handle this in any good way, but there was literally nothing we could do there um, because there was an entire tactical squad ba- backing them up on the other side of the alley. So we started making our way out of there, and we sort of worked our way through yeah. the neighborhood until we got to Beverly and Curzon, which is right across the street from Pan Pacific Park, where we started our day. And then we yep. ended up posted up there for about an hour because I believe you were home doing Overwatch at that point. Uh, no,
0: I was not. Oh, okay. <laughs> that I mean, actually, no, when you guys, when was you guys got the Pan Pacific Park. Yeah, that I was like yeah. six o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I got I got home. So, but it was actually funny. We were very close to each other and didn't realize it. Um, because uh I was almost kettled at Edinburgh and third. Uh we were there. I actually was like when those rounds were cooking off in the cruiser, uh, I was right there at Edinburgh. Um yeah. right basically I think I ended up being like second in the row uh, in confronting the skirmish line of cops. Uh, Richie Sergenko was out there with his uh, megaphone uh, coordinating things in a very uh, dramatic and and effective fashion. I got to say like that, that kid was doing a great job of handling uh, the police interaction uh, there and getting people to like stay peaceful and stay nonviolent. Like we got everybody to sit down for a minute. Uh, there was a row of white people there that I actually had uh, two black women right behind me who were live streaming and were in tears about uh, thanking the white people for standing in front of the between them and the cops. Uh, and it was truly uh, moving. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to get choked up just remembering it. Uh, and the cops were were standing there menacingly, but there there was not any real movement on third. Uh, and then they started coming up on the south side of Edinburgh, and that's when uh, it seemed like they were trying to surround us, but they didn't have anybody on the north side, so it was weird. Um, at some point during all of this, the things seemed to be fairly controlled on that intersection, so uh, Richie Albert and I uh, went through the alley and brought some folks with us to go over to uh, the, the outlet up from the alley uh, in front of like Trader Joe's, And that's where we were posting up and we're trying to maintain as much order as possible um, and keep the people from from overreacting or or egging on the the cops with uh, thrown water bottles and stuff. Uh, Richie kept pointing out to folks that the people who were instigating this stuff were not. Welcome and were most likely undercover cops. Yeah. And was shouting this out on his megaphone very, very loudly, and the cops were very much paying attention to him.
1: Well, but and, also, uh, I will say that Richie has also led a lot of protests at Mayor Garcetti's yes. house. Like, he is definitely yes. a known quantity to LAPD. Oh, yeah. He- He's often in a leadership position. He was there at the at the 110, or the, yeah, the, the 110, um, when they shut down the, the no, the, shut down the 101, right? The 101. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was there when that happened. Um, so it's one thing that becomes kind of problematic in these situations when you're doing something like being a leader or somebody who's any sort of a leadership role is the cops do want to target you because they do yep. want to take you off the board. Because not only does it like stop you from being able to do your job, but it also... Uh, makes the situation twitchier. People get afraid that they're going to get get caught up. People are, uh, if there's no leadership around, crowds tend to do crazy or irrational things. It's easier for the police to be the one setting the tempo. So, you know, that's just something to keep in mind as you engage in these actions is like, none of this shit is risk-free. And it's kind of easy to feel like it is to an extent, but it's really, really not.
0: So I should have uh, uploaded uh, the video that I took yesterday um, from like moments before this happened because the police were being very uh, incendiary with, with how they were uh, menacing people with their batons and, and just started beating the shit out of people uh, in the parking lot right next to the Trader Joe's um, that was blocked off of that alley. I forget the name of, of what store that was. Um, but I nearly got smacked with a baton a couple of times there. Uh, the crowd re- reacted very skittishly and, and people kind of panicked and started to run and Richie was able to calm them down and get them to, to reform the line and, and hold the position. And then we were basically backed up against the corner of a building. Uh, and at that point, Richie, uh, started live streaming and that was when he got grabbed. Um, so let's go ahead and look at the video of what that was like, because he was literally live streaming. And telling people to, like, stay calm and, like, potentially move on to another location because shit was clearly escalating and the cops were getting ready to, like, pull some shit, and they did. And uh, this is what happens. Let me pull it up. We got this audio queued up here. I'm going to turn you off momentarily. You'll still be on it, but otherwise it gets echoey. Wish I could make it louder. Yeah. So that was a a live stream of, uh, Richie literally, uh, getting arrested. Uh, let me turn this back off. And he was one
1: of more than 500 people who were arrested last night. And this was a real like mess for a couple of reasons. One good thing, I'm going to flag this at the top. If you got arrested, you probably aren't, Facing any sort of bail or jail time at the moment because almost every offense in LA County and LA City at the moment is zero dollar bail. So a lot of folks were cited and then released, but they still had to be processed, which meant sitting on a a uh transport bus or van for hours. I think Richie was on a I, I think it was like six hours before we heard that he was released. Like he was just sitting on a van. Yeah, or it, sitting in a van. It took a while. Just parked in parking lots because they didn't have enough people to actually process all of the new incoming folks who yep. needed to be you know processed and cited and everything oh, hey look, and it's just <laughs>
0: Richie's in the chat
1: <laughs> yeah, I know it's fucking nuts it's so crazy
0: three hours in cuffs two hours in the van uh, yeah thank you Richie uh, that was fucking wild uh, hi Richie uh, and yes the uh, by the way uh, People City Council is, has got a bail fund established uh, has raised like 300 grand at this point um as we mentioned, most of the people that were being held have been released, uh, most of them with no bond, uh, which is fantastic. But of course, there are going to be a whole bunch of fucking you know shenanigans going on. And it is important that we have that kind of a fund out there that is established to be able to support people with their legal fees, uh, with dealing with all this stuff, because these protests like the ramifications of these protests and of the police brutality and their interactions back with the crowds is going to be keeping on for a fucking while. Like this is going to be lasting for months and months and months. And we're not going to be hearing the end of it for like a long fucking time. And, and as, as we pointed out, like when I, so I dipped out after that, I was able to, to get back in touch with Albert. Cause uh, he, we got separated. The the cops literally like pushed us against the corner of the wall. So Albert had grabbed onto Richie, got smashed with a baton a couple times, uh, walked it off like a champ because he is a beast and, uh, has more reason than just about anybody else to hate the LAPD. Uh, and that I think carries him through with a bunch of adrenaline, but the, um, the whole situation there, we got separated, uh, they cornered Albert and uh, a bunch of other people that got separated into like the t- corner alley thing next to the Trader Joe's. I got pushed out in front along uh, third and was able to get back before the cops could grab me. And the uh, because they pointed at me and lunged at me with a baton and I was like, "Okay, we're going to move this direction now. (laughs) Uh, But I was able to meet up with Albert again uh, after uh, getting back past the uh, uh, the alley between the farmer's market and the CBS station, which, by the way, they were using the CBS underground parking lot as a staging station. And there were tons of cruisers that were screaming out of there right after I walked down the alley. Um, and it was a, 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 just a mad dash. Um, I'm seeing that the, uh, the horn next door from Twitter is on Periscope and is asking the best fund for folks to donate to at this point, I would say absolutely the people city council fund yeah. uh, or, is the uh, best one to be donating or, to or
1: donate directly to uh, black lives matter LA.
0: Yes, absolutely. 100%. If you can make a donation to BLM. Uh, They are at the core of this and they are even more connected than uh, people city council when it comes to supporting this work Uh, I am seeing that Nicole is pointing out that we're up to 450 K on that bail fund Uh, And Richie is also pointing out that they are working with BLM. So both work Everybody is working together. This is fucking solidarity. This is how the work gets done Uh, This is awesome so, uh, yeah, ended up being able to meet back up with Albert and get him calmed down and uh, getting him back to his car. And I, I did the same thing. And then I hopped up on uh, watching the live feed so I could tell y'all where shit was going down and where the medics would be needed. And that was the point when you guys were back at Pan Pacific Park. And, you know, shortly thereafter, the mayor decried, decried uh, or announced rather that the entire fucking city. First, it was downtown was yeah. under uh, yeah. a curfew. And then that very quickly changed to a citywide lockdown, uh, and uh, Paul Coretz was being spectacularly shitty on Twitter. Yep. Uh, no, <laughs> like, but I was—I
1: was, I was going to say, you know, so it, I was uh, when we were there towards the end at like Pan Pacific Park, or at least for the the end of my um, kind of my shift, because um, after, you know seven, almost eight hours on our feet in the sun. Plus like starting our day before that, like we had to get up early and prep all our bags and make sure we have everything. So, you know, I, I started my day around like seven in the morning. And so by like seven in the evening, I was fucking tired. Um, and we were looking for an opportunity to leave, but we, every time we were like, okay, you know, let's, let's go ahead and and peace out. We'd see another tear gas volley from LACSO and decide, okay, we've got to stay for a bit. Uh, finally, Sabrina, uh, she was able to go into the crowd. I had a large like wagon with me that had all of our like water and extra shit. So I had to say kind of planted to that, Um, which is something just tactically to think about if you're going to go like providing aid to a protest is if you are going to be walking around, uh, for six hours, do you really want to carry six gallons of water around with you? Because uh, that shit's heavy and uh, very unwieldy. But anyways, um, yeah. you know, somebody we we helped out with the woman who got shot in the face with a rubber bullet and got her to a car because we couldn't get her to an ambulance. Um, and then I pieced out for a minute to go to my friend's house to, like, chill out. Um, and uh, this is actually a happy story. Um, my buddy was also at the action, like, that's how I knew to go to his place, uh, and he, like, when I was sitting in his house, he's like, he pulls up, he's like, hey, I need your help real quick, and he's got a kitten in his car, and when yes. he was at that intersection, slightly, a, little, a little after we left, uh, somebody was stopped in the middle of the street trying to get a kitten out from under their car, and so he went over to help with that, and the kitten got spooked and tried to jump into the car and didn't quite make it and fell, and then, like, ran across the street and he chased the kitten and eventually caught it. And then he was like, well, I should get this little guy home. And so he tried to go down the alley to get back to his car and there was like cops there. And he was like, he had a white flag, like a white like rag and then also a kitten. And he was like, can I get this kitten to my car to take it home? And the cops threatened to shoot him with non-lethals. So he had to find a different way around. But uh, the riot cat is now safely at his house. So uh, congratulations, riot cat. Uh, From there though, things like deteriorated pretty much on every level. Um, Downtown uh, saw a lot of violence uh, uh, mainly coming from the cops a lot of store windows smashed a lot of stuff got liberated uh, the the action around um, the kind of grove area shifted to Melrose and kind of went down Melrose I know when I was finally driving home at around 9pm I saw a prisoner transport bus and an LAPD cruiser uh, screaming down Beverly towards Melrose and I tried turning on Melrose and it was basically all jammed up at like La yep. Brea like you just could not get down Melrose Um, So I like diverted a different way to get home, but things went pretty late. And then it sounds like the National Guard showed up in downtown sometime around midnight last night. Uh, Oh, yeah. No word on (laughs) no word on whether there will be a curfew tonight. I have a feeling that there will be. Um, And it's going to like this isn't over by a long shot. Like this isn't going to be the National Guard shows up today and this is the, the last large mobilization that we see. Um, especially with what's happening just across the nation. Um, So I posted
0: a picture of uh, Riot Cat, by the way. Yeah, very cute. And everyone is is very much appreciating Riot Cat. Yeah, but so that Uh, was... Riot Cat is safe and sound.
1: (laughs) But so that was good. But I think all in all, you know, yesterday's actions all across the city um, were escalated in a way that they didn't need to be. Um, At the same time, like, I'm not going to shed a fucking tear for Nordstrom's. Like, fuck them. Um, But there's there's a way in which this revolution, this uprising should be directed and like, can be working um, politically to be effective and to make real systemic change because getting people with bigger guns called out to stop you is sort of a good sign of progress, but also a Pyrrhic victory um, because at at some point they switched to to live ammunition. So we have to be understanding of the fact that like, yes, this kind of righteous anger is very useful, but there has to be a larger project here to get us to liberation. You know, this isn't a boss fight in a video game. You know, beating the U.S. Marine Corps doesn't get us to liberation. Um, But at the same time, we need to keep this pressure up and we need to keep each other safe. Uh, But it's just something to be thinking about, about what you're doing in your own life and how you're talking to people that might might not be radicalized, might not be political at this point, talking to people who see what's going on and explaining to them why ideologically this is a fight that we need to win and that we're right on because we know that we are. Like we know that a world without cops and without jails is better. We know that a world in which the National Guard, a bunch of like regular people who put on a uniform and gain the magical ability to murder you if told to do so, isn't something that builds us a better world or is a good use of our resources. Like being out in the street and demanding shit is what we have to be doing. But we also have to be demanding that electorally. We have to be demanding it socially. We have to be unionizing. We have to be unionizing our schools. We have to be forming organizations and tenants' organizations and tenants' unions because ultimately the way you beat a homogenized hierarchical power is with a distributed network where power doesn't rest with any one group of people and isn't greater or lesser depending on where you are. That's ultimately the system that we need to have. And that's how we can get away from this sort of... the 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 kind of system that puts a cop with a gun on his hip in front of a Nordstrom's because, you know, $400 jeans are worth murdering you for.
0: Yeah. I mean, downtown, it got wild. We had, uh, there were, there were calls going out on the, on the radio for all the, everyone who works for the LAPD or any law enforcement agency was being called in. We had a ton of Hawthorne PD cruisers rolling around, uh, doing loops in downtown and they have a very weird, different siren that adds a whole other layer of spookiness. They've got a lot yeah. more bass, and so it carries in this very like dystopian, like horror, sci-fi horror movie situation. Like it feels more like it's just it's just deeper and scarier than 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 what we're used to hearing with LAPD. Um, apparently, they some uh, some folks decided to liberate some cash from the chase uh, across the street from me. Yeah, they so they, we ended up
1: they burned a chase in La Mesa.
0: Wow. Yeah. So we had, uh, we ended up with like 20 cruisers parked in front of my building and around it on the side streets and, uh, side streets downtown. Nothing's a fucking side street. Um, and the, this so yeah, they were just like, just stationed up in front of my building and around us for a while. But, uh, that did not stop the liberation of a whole lot of sneakers from, uh, foot action and a couple of other shoe stores that had been popping up on Broadway. Um, But yeah, you're 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 100 percent correct. This is this the way that we solve this is uh, by, you know, it's it's just it's so weird because this is this ties so directly into the work that like uh, the People's Budget LA Coalition has been doing Uh, when we've been making these calls into uh, city council for the last two weeks demanding that they defund the police, that they prioritize the provision of care, not for cops, that they give us the kind of services with like HCID LA and the kind of social work and counseling services and career uh, placement and support, all of the types of things that the government can do to make the situation better for working class Angelenos that we've been fucking demanding. And then they go out and like the mayor suggests a 54% increase, or sorry, allocates 54% of the budget. Sirens are out shit's going down again (laughs) um yep that's that's yay yeah uh but so the uh yeah so the mayor doesn't fucking care about working class angelinos he's only able to respond to uh the uprising of the of the citizenry to uh come out and and just you know smash it down with a baton Pull out the bigger the bigger guns, bring in the National Guard, and smash this down as best he can. And the thing is that they they have bigger guns, but there are more of us. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. Like they they are going to like the reason why these protests are popping off all across the fucking country is because <clears throat> when you meet a popular uprising with an overwhelming show of force, you're either going to completely quell this and turn it into a completely uh, despotic regime or you're going to see the the, the the populace rising up and saying no we've had a f- we've had enough of this bullshit we 're not going to fucking take it anymore yeah, and that is what you 've been seeing across the country. The footage out of like the the stuff going on in New York City is just absolutely unbelievable as bad as our cops are here in l a and they are fucking awful. The New York police Department is truly terrifying, like people were walking down the streets and you saw cops just like Randomly just being like, yep, yeah. pepper spray right in the face. You're walking away. Don't fucking care. Yeah. Like running up behind people and smashing them with a billy club. Like dr- the there's a, a scene with an SUV, like a cop SUV, which they, of course, they supercharge those fucking engines, pulls up to a barricade with people behind it and it's sitting there and sitting there and sitting there and it's just like, fuck it, guns it and plows a full Car length into the crowd had to have run people over with that thing had to have injured so many people just because they fucking can. There was no reason why that car had to go forward. There was no reason why that car had to be interacting with the crowd at all. Like this is absurd. We have had this militarization of the police in this country for decades. Now we have had this like this fucking military to police pipeline for gear for SWAT bullshit. Like, wasn't L- L.A. was the first place where they implemented SWAT? Yeah. Right. They'd, and that, like, turned into a thing that Hollywood glorified and was like, yeah, these like, fucking superheroes. It's like, no, they were the people that were harassing working class Angeles, black and brown folks in L.A. from helicopters. Like, originally they brought in helicopters here to do traffic policing, and then you know within a decade, they had people firing guns out of helicopters at people on the streets in LA. They used these helicopters during the 92 uprising. They use them now. It is unbelievable. This is why the work of organizations like BLM, like Stop LAPD Spying, All of these organizations that are focused on the abolition of the fucking police are so very core to all of this work. And that is the only way we're going to be able to move forward and create a better world for ourselves is when we end the fucking violence of the state against black and brown communities. This policing is rooted in fucking systemic racism. It came out of the fucking slave patrols in the South. That is what we have. That is what we still have today. The 13th amendment codified all this shit into law, legalizing slavery. And it's been that way ever fucking since. Nothing has changed. People need to be rising up and getting fucking mad at them. Uh, I need, need to calm yeah. down a little bit. Yeah, no, I was going to say,
1: that's a, I think that's a, a good note to end on. I, I don't think we have a whole lot more to add after that oh, to, to this Jesus. subject. But uh, whatever comes in this uh, following week, uh, be safe out there, y'all. Um, we will catch you on the flip side of the week. Um, yep. Yeah, take care of yourself. You wanna- take care of your
0: comrades. Absolutely. And if you want to tune in uh, to join us, I'm, we're probably going to, we're going to try to do a live show again this week is assuming that we can, yep. uh, where wh- whatever we end up doing, we're going to figure out a way to make this work. We're going to get our Twitch set up with people to be able to do on the ground reporting. We're going to figure out how that shit works. Uh, if any of our comrades want to reach out and are at an action and they want us to be putting them up on this, hit me up. You can find me on Twitter. You can find Twitter. Bushido on Twitter, you can find Ground Game on Twitter, you can get a hold of us. We are all way too fucking online, but that makes us accessible. So get to us, let us know that you've got something going on. We'll figure out a way to get you hooked up. If you can get Skype on your phone and you are at an action, I can get you up onto our Twitch stream and reporting and, and talking about what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And we would love to have more folks tuning in and, and participating in that and providing that kind of on-the-ground reporting that really makes the fucking difference on this and, and shows the reality of the situation. Because when I was on the video feeds last night, Fox and ABC and CNN, all of them were so fucking focused on the destruction of cop cars and of like they they were like anytime there was there was one cop on a fucking stretcher and they just Followed that guy for a fucking couple minutes and they were just like, oh, look, this building's on fire. Oh, look, this building's on fire. They didn't give a shit about the protesters that were being beaten on. So getting that on the ground reporting is something that we want and we will help make happen. Just tune in with us, pop off, join us for all the stuff that we're doing. If you want to get involved more with Ground Game, we have our weekly Zoom meetings. Uh, We are still doing that stuff every Thursday at 730. Hit us up if you want to be a part of that. Uh, And yeah, so as always... If y'all have any events that you want us to be taking part in publicizing or just being made aware of, send us a message. You can reach us through the Ground Game LA Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, There's lots of fucking ways to do it. And now I've got, uh, we now have live at groundgamela.org as an email address. Hit us up. We'll figure out a way to make things work. Uh, Of course, this podcast and every Ground Game podcast is a production of knock.la. You can support us over on patreon.com slash knock underscore L.A. Uh, yeah, check the links uh, in the description for the podcast for sources links to more actions and social media. We love you all. Thank you so much for being partners in this fight and stay safe. (laughs)
1: Oh! Why� ah!